business leaders, listen up. It's time to eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on your business teams. It's time to change the culture of your team. That means you as the leader must change. It's time for you to have impact. Learn how from corporate consultant Dave Anderson on Impact Talk Radio. It's a learning hour of no fluff, straight talk with solutions designed to impact high-impact leaders who want to lead high-impact teams. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson with Impact Talk Radio. You know what? Carly Lloyd did it and became America's hero's hero during the 2015 World Cup. Stephen King does it, and he's one of the most read authors in the world. American sniper Chris Kyle did it, and he saved hundreds of lives in combat. These people are all professionals. And you know what? These people all recognize are all recognized at the best of what they do. But for leaders, and actually for anybody who want to become great, we can learn one thing from these three professionals. Hoping to be great is just not enough. See, Carly Lloyd committed to being great more than a decade before the world even noticed. I mean, she was a talented player, but she was ready to walk away from her dream of playing soccer on the world stage because things weren't panning out for her. But just before she quit, she met a new coach. He told her to be great, that she could be great, but she needed to work hard to do it. See, having talent and hoping to be good wasn't enough. Working within her comfort level wasn't enough. It wasn't going to make her great. She had to work. She had to sweat. She had to be willing to sacrifice her comfort to reach the level of excellence she claimed she wanted. You know what? A decade of work later and three goals in the 2015 World Cup Finals proved her coach right. I'm Dave Anderson, and this is Impact Talk Radio. And you know what? You can download this show or any of the previous shows that we've done on iTunes. And when you do that, please make sure you rate the show on iTunes because that moves Impact Talk Radio up the list to help other leaders find us. But what we do here is to bring on leadership experts to talk about a different aspect of leadership on every show. And on today's show, we've got Bob Funk, who's the CEO of Express Employment Professionals, which is a company that's dedicated to finding good people who want to work jobs with good companies who need the good people. And Bob, you know, he's led Express since its inception in 1983, and it's grown to more than 744 franchise locations with 2.85 billion dollars in sales. And he's here to talk about, yep, you guessed it, leadership. And more specifically, we're going to talk about uh, the keys to being a leader of a character and developing teams of character as your company continues to grow. So to be great, hope isn't enough. The first lesson you got to learn is to improve at anything, you've got to begin to do that thing. If I want to be better at soccer, I need to play more soccer. If I want to be better at public speaking, I got to start doing public speaking. If I want to become a great runner, I got to start running. The first step to becoming good at anything is to begin doing it. To become a great leader, I've got to start leading. Many people hope to be a good leader, but they do nothing to make that hope become a reality. The second lesson to being great that we got we to remember is you got to be uncomfortable. Becoming great isn't easy. In fact, any growth beyond my current condition requires some effort and maybe even a few drops of sweat. So continuing what, I have, what I've always done and, and staying comfortable, it's not going to help me become more than what I already am. To be a great runner, I got to start running even if it's going to hurt. To become a great leader, i got to start leading even if that first attempt's going to be awkward. 
Now, the third lesson of becoming great is practice. You got to practice. See, practice precedes greatness. Two times a week on the soccer field didn't make, uh, didn't make Carly Lloyd great. Every day made her great. Stephen King writes even when it's inconvenient. Chris Kyle shot more rounds on the range than he did in battle. To become a great leader, I've got to start leaving, leading even if that first attempt will be awkward and then I've got to consistently lead. In fact, throughout my corporate career and you know, my con, uh, consulting career, I've coached hundreds of people. Then they ask me, what do they need to do to prepare themselves for leadership? And my main answer to them is start leading. When they hesitate, I add, even if it makes you uncomfortable. And then finally, when they say something like, I, well, I've tried that, Dave, I say, well, now do it consistently. See, it's naive to think I'm going to be great at something without ever doing it. If you're ready to take your dream of greatness beyond just the hope phase, follow the lead of Carly Lloyd and Stephen King and Chris Kyle. Start, start doing what you need to do. Take action. Get uncomfortable. Break a sweat. And finally, practice. Practice what you want to be great at doing. We've got to practice being great leaders. We've got to practice, our, uh, we gotta practice have, being leaders of character. We've got to practice these things in order to get better at them. We can't just hope to, ma- hope to do it and expect it to happen. Hey, I'm Dave Anderson. You're listening to Impact Talk Radio, and we're about ready to go to commercial, but we're going to bring on Bob Funk right after the commercial, and we're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about leaders of character and how do you develop teams of character. And if you want to uh, find me, you can find me on Twitter at DaveAnderson88 or email me directly, Dave at ALSLead.com. And if you want to get in touch with me for any reason, ask questions, look for, looking for a speaker or something like that. We'll be right back. This is Impact Talk Radio, a dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions. Dave Anderson will be right back. Imagine if you could stop reacting and start leading because you lead a low-maintenance team. A low-maintenance team has initiative, integrity, and enthusiasm. A low-maintenance team is fun to lead because they don't bicker, play politics, or wait for you, the leader, to tell them what to do. The Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture is a step-by-step program that will eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on a team. The Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture is a video-based course that provides even the busiest leaders with practical, real-life solutions that can be implemented during the whirlwind and busyness of your daily job. Watch the free introductory videos at OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and learn more about what the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture can do for busy leaders who want to lead low-maintenance teams. Get the free PDF Hiring for Character Interview Guide by going to OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and downloading the OMMG Power Pack. Don't wait. Stop reacting and start leading. Visit OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and start building your low-maintenance team today. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson. 
Hey, we're back. And look, I got to tell you, I'm really excited that uh, who we have on our, as our guest here today. We've got Bob Funk, who's the CEO uh, and chairman of Express Employment Professionals. And I just want to let you all know, I've had some experience with Express Employment Professionals. I've been working with one of, one of their top franchise owners here for about three years and uh, working with, and I've been to their national meetings and their national leadership meetings. And this is a really impressive organization that's got a culture that it's amazing to watch having come from a big corporation like I did before I went out on my own and see a large corporation like Express but has that atmosphere that small organizations tend to have. And it's real, and that's why I've asked Bob to be here because under his leadership, Express has put more than 6 million people to work since 1983. And he's been leading Express since that date, 1983, and now they have over 744 offices with nearly 6,000 staff members in U.S., Canada, South Africa. Africa, and they now average about $2.85 billion in sales. And Bob, personally, he went to Seattle Pacific University where he got his bachelor's degree in business administration. He did his graduate studies at University of Edinburgh in Scotland, and he received a master's degree in business administration and, and theology also from Seattle Pacific University. And he has honorary doctorates at both Seattle Pacific, uh, Oklahoma Baptist University, and Southern Nazarene University. And he, this year, Bob, it's 50 years in staffing for you is what I understand. So congratulations on that, and thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you're interested in having an older gentleman on today. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, but, I, I, my father but, doesn't but say he's old. He uh, says he's chronologically well, my superior. Mind is still young. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, Bob... You've been there from from the start with Express. In your mind, uh, you know, I, I mentioned what I've seen from Express as an outsider working working with with your organization. But in your mind, what is it what is it about the culture that makes it unique? Well, I think uh, we started uh, with our culture that was a, a culture of integrity, uh, one that the franchisees could trust. Whatever we said we would do, we would do. And my belief uh, from the very beginning was that we would not only do what we said we would do, we would do double and triple whatever uh, that contract uh, said uh, that's called a franchise agreement. And we have uh, kept to that promise and that culture uh, for all these years that uh, that whatever whatever we tell someone we will do, even if it's at a discredit or it's a sacrifice financially to the company as a whole, uh, we will perform exactly what we told them we would perform. And uh, that goes back to honesty, integrity, and uh, the fact that if you really do love other people as you love yourself, you're going to try and help them to be more successful than you'll help yourself to be successful. And that's the key to it is making sure that uh, that you want them to achieve a lot more than you achieve yourself. Hmm. I love it. You said so much in such a, in, a, in a few sentences there that I'm going to pick it apart a little bit here because I love when you started with the integrity the integrity point because I always like to make the point that you know it's not really integrity if you the only time you do it is when nothing's at risk and you know sometimes we want to think of ourselves as people of integrity but you mentioned uh, even if it was a wasn't a great financial decision you wanted to do the right thing and the company wanted to do the right thing even if it wasn't a great financial decision in the short term. Well, being in business is at risk every day because you're in competition uh, with your competitors. You're in competition with the uh, 
the uh, industry as a whole. You may be in competition with the economy as it goes up and down. And so each day is a competitive day when you come to work. And and uh, being in business, of course, is not easy. And uh, mm-hmm. consequently, uh, in order to accomplish uh, great things, I believe is that you have to have great people around you. And my philosophy has always been that I would try to hire people that are much uh, much smarter, much better than myself, because mm. uh, I was in the one half of the class that made the upper half possible in college. So, <laughs> so if you if you hire strong people and you hire people that have knowledge and and have a good character, they have to have the character. You can you can have people with uh, great intellect that don't that doesn't have character, but you can't have. Uh, individuals that have um, have that intellect and, and no character. You have to have the honesty and the integrity and, and the loyalty, if you will. And and the character, of course, always builds loyalty. If if you're loyal to uh, your employees, your employees will always be loyal to you. So I found that it's a two-way street. Loyalty is not a one-way street where you just expect the employees or franchisees to be loyal to us. I think we have to be loyal to them and give back just as much as we possibly can to the individuals who give to us. So mm. it's, uh, it's worked tremendously well if you, you can build that relationship with your franchisee or your employees, either one. Well, Bob, I know you, you, you've you been in the business world for a while, and I, I mean, I've seen you on TV on different business shows and things, and you, you understand what's going on in businesses today. And lots of times you hear people talk about, well, we had this culture when we were smaller, but it's not – we couldn't maintain it as we grew. And you hear those stories about businesses that fall apart or become something, something different than the original owners or the founders wanted it to be because they got so big. But Express is big. But you've uh, candid, this. candidly, I really don't believe in that theory. It, it depends upon how how intent you are on keeping the culture alive that you have, and mm. and as you grow, certainly it takes uh, more work. It takes more communication between uh, you and your employees, or in our case, uh, our franchisees, and um, and we invite most of our franchisees in to give us the ideas of what they think is best for the company, not necessarily what we think is best here at, uh, at the, the headquarters or, or in the management. And, and you do find a, a great factor from those that are out in the field, uh, no matter how large you become, if you are willing to accept uh, criticism, you're willing to accept new ideas, you're willing to be more competitive every day, and and they will help you to get where what what our mission is and what our vision is for our company they'll they'll help you get there if you just communicate with them and let them know where you'd like to go and what you'd like to do well bob you're in an interesting position because i know you also own franchises yourself you started as a franchise owner now you obviously you're the ceo of a large large organization here but you're dealing with those franchise owners and i know there's some listeners out here today that you know maybe the people above the above them aren't like aren't like you focused on the right thing well people i, above I them think are maybe no matter, are focused no matter, on just practical no business matter. things how do you help them? How, how would you talk to the middle manager that feels stuck in an organization that, you know, and but they want their the team that they're responsible for to have that type of culture? Well, it doesn't matter who's above you uh, or who's next to you or who's below you. Uh, if you'll do what's right every time, and and by right meaning uh, the right thing for them 
as as the individuals and what what's best for them or what's best for the company. In most cases, then you'll rise to the top of the corporation anyway. And uh, there are are very few uh, executives that I've come in contact with that won't be good listeners to someone who says they're going to do what's right. It's very mm-hmm. difficult for them to uh, to combat uh, someone who says, "Well, I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take this little gray area. Or I'm going to take a little gray step over here." And if you say, well, "I'm not going to take the gray steps, I'm going to take take the uh, the right steps uh, in making management decisions or or with dealing with your employees or dealing with uh, your associates that are around you," if you're interested in them versus yourselves almost always it'll work out to be the best well when you when you're talking about and and you mentioned the a key word here is communication and the communication of the culture through the years could you give some examples of the type of things you all you have done whether or not when you were a smaller company or now that you're a large company what have you done and what do you continue to do as far as the communication process of this culture and the values that you have well, when we were smaller, of course, we had uh, more opportunity with the management to to uh, communicate with the franchisees. As you as we grew, we had to have uh, fo- what we call focus groups or, or or group meetings with our franchisees to help them to to have the opportunity to to tell us what they really need and tell us what's uh, the most important thing to them. And and so we had to split it down as we became larger into small groups but more of them and and consequently we have groups uh, of franchisees coming into headquarters uh nearly every week uh, of the year mm-hmm. just to listen to what they what they need and what they what they how what they want to communicate and how we can communicate openly and uh and and directly with them and and give them uh, our viewpoint, because we may have a larger viewpoint than they do, but yet at the same time, they may have the better idea than than we do uh, coming into the small groups, fo- small focus groups that we bring them into. Hmm. You know, that's one of the things I notice in going to the international the, uh, express calls at the ILC, the International Leadership Conference. And one of the things I noticed from all over the country you have these people coming together, and it is like a family. And even though there's about a thousand people at those meetings now, I think, and it's like a family uh, last there. Year, it was sixteen hundred people, and I, I did tell one of my new employees, one of my new execs, I said, "Now you better be prepared." Because you're going to get more hugs at this convention than you've probably had in your lifetime. He came to me the second day and said, Bob, you're absolutely right. These people do love each other. They really want each other to be successful. And when you work together to be successful, you'll accomplish much more than you will by trying to uh, to do something individually. Well, let me ask you this then, because one of the things that uh... – we're going to fo- my father and I are going to focus on on this book that we're writing is we're talking about the selflessness attitude and, and how, how a leader uh, develops that that character trait of selflessness how, how you know when you see that you you've mentioned and you've talked around that subject here how does that display itself among the franchisees who some people might think might be competing with each other well i think i think if uh, spiritually you have uh, you have god's love uh, you're not going to be self uh, selfish. You're going to be selfless, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's part of the spiritual life is to be selfless. And of course, that's what uh, what our Savior came to do was to, to give of Himself that we might have uh, that spirit within us 
that mm-hmm. that means that we're we're selfless that other people are more important than we are and that you really do care about the other person and and where they are spiritually where they are mentally where they are physically where they are in their positions in their companies and 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 what kind of hope you can give them uh for the future for their advancement and for their uh, their their mobility upward mobility in their companies and, and I think I think we are commanded if you will that to be selfless not mm-hmm. selfish and mm-hmm. uh selfish people may succeed for a short period of time but it's usually uh, short-lived and, and very unsatisfying in their lives and then, of course then they look for other things and they and they oftentimes fail in in business in particular if they're if they're not uh selfless so i think it goes back to the spiritual nature of the of the uh, the human being well, and I know because uh, having been to the ILC conferences and I've gone to the prayer meetings in the mornings, and those have always been an inspirational time. It's been amazing. But what I was admired so much about it was the people who were standing up and talking about the the things they've overcome in the last 12 months and the the number of people throughout the country who had been involved in that with prayer with, with and, and, and so close to these people that, you know – that has developed that that family culture because people are really are in it for each other, whether or not they can help uh, they can help physically or, or uh, practically, or they're just there in prayer with them. Well, um, there there is a, a scriptural verse: prayer does change things, and prayer changes lives. And uh, and certainly, when you have group prayer together, it is a very very powerful. Uh, situation in helping others with their lives and the issues that come into their lives and and we all have challenges in life and um, and of course we need to turn spiritually in order to uh, to get many of those fixed in our lives so uh, prayer is a real key and and uh, I'm really proud of of uh, our people who really do care and pray for one another on a daily basis so, Bob, there's some people here who work in a company, though, that might be uh, publicly traded, and they have a lot. There's a lot of restrictions, as you know, about what what can and can't be talked about in those type of businesses. How can somebody in that situation, a leader in that situation, show that sort of caring for their people uh, and also be in line with what the company guidelines would be? Well, if if the gov- governmental regulations uh, cause us to be fearful of of, uh, of praying and helping one another, uh, then our government's in the wrong direction. I personally believe that if if you can't do it at work, you can certainly um, uh, become close enough friends with individuals who have needs um, that you can do it outside of work after hours or or uh, or on weekends and so forth. And I had a challenge when I first got into the business. I was trying to counsel spiritually counsel people when they would come in looking for a job they needed hope they needed encouragement they needed spiritual guidance and they would ask you for it and um and i finally um, decided that i would do it after hours and i would do it on the weekends and that's what i did with many many of the employees that tried to come in looking for new work and, and looking for opportunities in their lives yeah that uh, and it the, there's the old saying, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I That's think right. as leaders, we need to be able to show that we have that caring nature no matter where we are 
in what organization we're working in because you can if if that's where you are and that's uh, and and you can pray with people and you and you're a praying person that obviously is something that I believe in and that is a big uh, part of how we go about helping people uh, that uh, that we run into at work or outside of work or wherever we go uh, we got about a minute left before our break here Bob and I wanted to ask you if there was one character quality that you feel if in one word that you would say this is who express is and this is who we want it to be you know well into the 21st century what would that what character trait would you say that would be most important for you i i would say that too we're we're a company of integrity and we're a company of professionalism and mm. professionalism means that we treat others like uh, we'd like to be treated ourselves and and uphold uh, our our industry and uphold our business uh, to be the very, very best we possibly could be to help others. Fantastic. Well, we got about 15 seconds here, and we're going to be, I'm going to ask Bob to come back after the break uh, so we can talk a little bit about finding the leaders of character that his company needs. And uh, we'll be right back after, after this message. Uh, and this is Impact Talk Radio. This is Impact Talk Radio. Learn more on Dave Anderson's blog at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Stay with us. Back after these. Passionate, dynamic, funny, straightforward, and down-to-earth are all words used to describe Dave Anderson as a speaker and a trainer. You know, people ask me, Dave, why not sales training? And I always say, you know, I could do sales training and I do periodically. I did it for 20 years. But if I help somebody become a better salesperson, it's like helping somebody become a better accountant or a better engineer. Those skills, they stay at work when somebody heads home at night. But if I help them become a better leader at work, they go home, they're a better husband, a better father, a better mother, a better wife, better in their community, better in their ministries. I truly believe that leadership is what this world needs, whether it's at work or in our families. And if I can impact that during my lifetime, I know that I will have fulfilled my purpose before I meet my maker. If you want to book Impact Talk Radio host Dave Anderson as a speaker at your next meeting or convention, or you would like to discuss leadership development training opportunities with Dave, email him directly at dave at alslead.com. That's Dave at ALSLead.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at DaveAnderson88 and also on LinkedIn. Watch a video of Dave speaking at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Leaders, if you want an engaged audience that walks away inspired and ready to become the leaders they were meant to be, contact Dave Anderson via email at Dave at ALSLead.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. No fluff, just straight talk with impact solutions for high-impact leaders. Here's Dave Anderson. 
Hey, we're back with Bob Funk, who's the CEO of Express Employment Professionals, and we've been talking about the character of a leader and a character of an organization, and how does uh, how do the leaders of those organizations maintain that character or establish that character? Uh, and Bob, I wanted to uh, take a little time here to talk about what what process or how do you go about looking for the right people to own a franchise that puts out the sign that says Express uh, Express Employment Professionals? How do you find that person of character yeah. like that? Well, we have many different avenues of recruiting. Of course, uh, I think last year uh, we had over 8,000 inquiries and we only awarded about 75 franchises because it it is important that we find the individuals with the right values. And I have interviewed almost all franchisees uh, that came into the company. I still interview all employees that come into the company. And and there there's a question that I ask them that I think is extremely important of finding where they are, where their values in life really lie. And um, the first one is, uh, and the three questions really are, are you interested in in your work environment and relationship, or are you interested in in your finances, or are you interested in uh, your recognition for doing a great job and being a great person? And if you ask that question, and if it's if it's financial, usually that person is probably not the person that has the kind of values that you're interested in. Second of all, if they're, if they're interested in work environment, that means that they're probably going to do well and relate well to the other franchisees or uh, to the employees that they hire. And, of course, uh, if they're interested in, in the recognition, uh, I think all persons who are competitive anyway are interested in being uh, honored for what they do well. And it doesn't matter whether which type of employee it happens to be. It doesn't matter which which type of business you happen to be in. But if you if you recognize them for what they do and do well on a regular basis, I think you'll find very very successful leaderships grow out of that. Hmm. And that that's the thing. You get a lot of people who maybe are successful in business. And they are, you know, they may have the business savvy that you want, but are they were the right fit for the for the culture? That's right. And and of course, they have to understand what our mission is, what our vision is, and what our mission is. Of course, our mission is to help as many people as possible to find great jobs and help as many companies as possible to find great people. And if they understand that mission, then that supersedes, of course, uh, uh, any other financial uh, goals that you may have. And 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 as I've always said, the more people you help, the more money comes running at your door. So uh, <laughs> yeah. the key is uh, to help as many people as possible. Yeah. You know, it's a, it, uh, I just had a lunch with somebody today, and I was talking to him about his employees. And uh, and I just I kept asking him, I said, you know, the great question to ask is, is, that, is this person better off now that they ran into – after they ran into me? And, right. Is, are we always leaving people better than better better than they were before they ran into us? And and, and we hope it's every person that you come in contact with that you you left them with something better than they had before. Absolutely, I, that, to me that that is the mark of a great leader. That's a mark of a great person. It's a mark of a person of character because obviously you put a focus on somebody else as opposed to yourself, and you're you're really focused on what's best for them as opposed to what's best for yourself. Right. Uh, I've always said you're only going to be as successful as the last person you've helped in your life. 
Fantastic. That's a great way to summarize everything, Bob. I appreciate you being on on today. This is Bob Funk with uh, the CEO of Express Employment Professionals. And what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, is 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 our character and getting and, and our character is like a muscle. We need to get it in shape and see. No one ever gets in shape by reading a fitness magazine or by going to the gym once. We got to get in, we get in shape by breaking a sweat, like I talked about in the opener. You have to do more than just read the principles in the book or in a book or an article or even listening to a podcast where we talk about these principles. You have to do what you want to be. See, the key is doing it. Great free throw shooters in basketball don't think about the mechanics while they shoot. They shoot because their mechanics are habitual due to their practice. That's how we become good at anything. That is how we, great athletes become great chefs. And uh, I mean, great chefs become great and great athletes become great. They practice. That's how we're going to become leaders of character and that's, that are missing in our culture today. We have to practice the things of character that, great, uh, that people of character do. Uh, my father and I, as I mentioned, are writing this book on habits of character and leaders of character. And we talk about courage, humility, integrity, duty, selflessness and positivity all of these things are effort uh, are are habits so the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago the next best time is today my question is what are you going to do today what are you going to do so you can become who you want to be we need to start practicing these things the lesson that bob shared with us today about being leaders of character and leading the com- leading companies of character that's what we're talking about start practicing these things and until next time i just want to remind everybody to stop reacting and start leading have a great day 